Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, Israeli forces reach Gaza City, moving to cut off the main road there and ramping up strikes on Hamas targets. Plus, an Israeli female soldier taken hostage by Hamas is rescued. But there is sad news tonight about others held captive. Here are tonight's headlines. The Bible says that there is a time for peace and a time for war. This is a time for war. Prime Minister Netanyahu stands firm in his mission to destroy Hamas as the situation in Gaza grows desperate. Despite the near constant heavy bombardment of Gaza, Hamas has shown itself capable of firing back. This just happened this morning. Residents here say a rocket came right through the window from the direction of Gaza and caused all this destruction. Anti-Semitic incidents on the rise around the world. Hundreds storm a Russian airport looking for Israeli passengers. Back here at home, online threats against Jewish students at Cornell, the alarming spike. The new details in the main mass shooting, why police were sent to the gunman's house for a health and welfare check before the massacre that killed so many. The makeshift memorials to the 18 victims are growing as this community starts to heal. Tonight, tributes for Matthew Perry are pouring in, plus why it could take weeks to find out the cause of the sitcom star's sudden death. Warning for those who use over-the-counter eye drops, the FDA now says more than a dozen brands can cause infection and even vision loss, what you need to know. End of the auto workers' strike, GM becomes the final company to reach a tentative deal after six weeks of picketing, what it means for wages. And a Halloween treat for these sweet NICU babies and their families. Putting them in the NICU can feel really scary, so getting this little moment of joy is just a delight.
Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Monday night. Tonight, the war between Israel and Hamas is escalating with Israeli troops, tanks and helicopters pushing deeper into Gaza. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu tonight saying it is time for war and that there will be no ceasefire because doing so would be like surrendering to Hamas. Israel's military has reached Gaza City, and there are reports that they've cut off a key road that connects the territory. The military says a female soldier who's been held hostage since the October 7th attack was freed and is doing well. The near-constant barrage of airstrikes continues with Israel saying it hit hundreds of targets in the past 24 hours, killing dozens of Hamas fighters. The Hamas-run Gaza Health Ministry says the number of people killed there now tops 8,000. The United Nations is warning that the worsening humanitarian situation is resulting in the breakdown of civil order with civilians ransacking relief centers. We have team coverage tonight, starting with CBS's Charlie Daggett in Tel Aviv. Good evening, Charlie. Good evening, Nora. The prime minister's address tonight was in English, clearly aimed at a global audience. He said the U.S. would not agree to a ceasefire after Pearl Harbor or 9-11. Neither should Israel. Israeli Defense Forces released new video set to show its tanks and troops pushing deeper into Gaza, saying they struck 600 terror targets in the past 24 hours, and also announcing that an Israeli soldier held hostage in Gaza is back home. Private Yuri Magadish freed during an operation overnight. Her emotional family reunion proved that despite the risks, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said tonight, the ground incursion is working. The ground action actually creates the possibility, not the certainty, but the possibility of getting our hostages uh, out because Hamas will not do it unless they're under pressure. But he earlier condemned as cruel psychological propaganda. Hamas video released today, apparently showing three Israeli women being held captive, one seen fiercely criticizing the government, officials say likely under duress. Today also brought tragic news about 23-year-old Shani Luke. The German-Israeli, one of many young people kidnapped at a music concert, later seen paraded on the back of a Hamas pickup truck. Investigators identified a piece of her skull matching her DNA. The fate of the rest of more than 230 hostages remains in the balance as Israeli troops advance. Video on social media showed an Israeli tank in Gaza City blocking the territory's main north-south highway and apparently opening fire on a vehicle. And yet, even under intense bombardment, Hamas has still managed to fire rockets into Israel today, with one hitting this apartment in Netivolt. This doesn't compare to the level of destruction in Gaza, but the Israeli government says as long as Hamas is capable of launching attacks like this, the fight in Gaza will go on. With Netanyahu declaring tonight that international calls for a ceasefire are a call for Israel to surrender to Hamas, the toll is growing for those trapped inside this bloody conflict. The U.S. State Department said today that the release of the American hostages remains a top priority and that negotiations are ongoing with Qatari mediators. There are reports that a high-ranking Israeli intelligence chief is part of that. Ten Americans are still unaccounted for. Nora.
Charlie Daggett, thank you. Tonight, the White House is increasing pressure on Israel to allow more humanitarian aid into Gaza as the situation worsens by the hour. The U.N. saying today conditions will soon make it impossible to operate in the besieged territory. CBS's Deborah Pata reports civilians are desperate for food and clean water. This woman has been waiting for hours, and she is panicking. I just want some flowers, she screams. I need to feed my children. Supplies of basic human necessities are running out. It's become so desperate that residents broke into several United Nations warehouses. Underneath Gaza, Hamas is dug into a maze of tunnels where it's believed they've been stockpiling enough food to last for months. But for Palestinians who've already endured 16 years of an Israeli blockade, daily life revolves around scrounging for anything they can find. And that's if they survive another night. CBS News producer Marwan Al Ghul drove through what is left of the northern part of Gaza City. Suddenly, massive airstrike hit this house. I can see the bodies of a woman here. A little boy is here, and others are looking for more deaths and more victims. Many are sheltering in hospitals, which continue to receive patients with catastrophic injuries. Day in and day out, as doctors and nurses struggle to treat them, grief is everywhere. They're killing us, sobs this man. The Israeli military accuses Hamas of hiding beneath hospitals and has repeatedly ordered their evacuation. But the Red Crescent says hundreds will die if moved from intensive care. And for civilians seeking safety here, there is nowhere left to run to. Just 27 aid trucks entered Gaza today, but it is nowhere near enough, Nora. And this comes just as the U.S. stresses Israel must prioritize the protection of civilians. Deborah Pata, thank you. The White House was quick to condemn an intense display of anti-Semitism Sunday night when a mob stormed an airport in the Russian Muslim Majority Republic of Dagestan looking for Israeli passengers. Today, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby called the incident a chilling demonstration of hate, bigotry, and intimidation. We get more now from CBS's Remy Innocencio. An angry anti-Israel mob stormed the main airport in Dagestan Sunday evening, searching for Jewish passengers arriving on a flight from Tel Aviv. Shouting Allahu Akbar, God is great, waving Palestinian flags. Some angry men breaking down doors in what appears to be secure areas. Scared airport staff saying, no, no, there are no Israelis here. The crowd in the hundreds ran onto the tarmac, some surrounding one man and demanding his passport. He said he was from Uzbekistan. At the Red Wings plane from Tel Aviv, passengers were told to get back on and the doors were shut. This passenger filming police pinning people to the tarmac. The Republic's ministry officials say 60 people were detained for questioning and 20 people were injured. No Israeli citizens were harmed. 
Tel Aviv's airport says it's only operating at about 20% capacity with most foreign carriers suspended. On Sunday night, the office of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Israel expects Russian law enforcement to protect all Israeli citizens. Nora. Remy Innocencio, thank you. There's also a troubling rise in anti-Semitism back here in the U.S. Now the FBI is investigating disturbing and hate-filled threats against Jewish students at Cornell University. CBS's Nancy Cordes reports from the White House where the Biden administration today announced new steps to combat the problem. A war being waged a half a world away is inflaming campuses here at home. If Hamas is worse than ISIS, then Israel is worse than Nazi Germany. At Cooper Union College in New York City, a group of Jewish students huddled inside a locked library during a pro-Palestinian protest a few days ago. For about roughly 10 minutes, approximately 10 minutes, they were banging on the doors of the library. At Cornell University, Jewish students were advised to avoid the kosher dining hall out of an abundance of caution due to online threats. New York Governor Kathy Hochul. No one should be afraid to walk from their dorm or their dining hall to a classroom. But Jewish students at Columbia University said today they are afraid in a way they weren't before. We know now that there are students in our class that simply hate us because we're Jewish. Julia Jassy runs a nonprofit called Jewish on Campus. In your view, what are some of the mistakes that some universities are making? I think it's a really important time to understand that there's a difference between political discourse and the harassment, the attacks on Jewish students on campus. The sentiments aren't confined to colleges. A Las Vegas man was just charged with one count of threatening a federal official after he left a series of anti-Semitic voicemails vowing to assault, kidnap or murder a U.S. senator. Sources tell CBS News the target was Nevada Democrat Jackie Rosen. And in Illinois, the man suspected of murdering a six-year-old Palestinian-American boy, an alleged hate crime, made his first appearance in court today. The Biden administration announced today it is detailing dozens of cybersecurity experts to help schools examine anti-Semitic and Islamophobic threats. And the Departments of Justice and Homeland Security are now working with campus police departments to track hate-related rhetoric. Nora. Nancy Cordes at the White House. Thank you. Turning now to the investigation into that mass shooting in Maine, CBS News just learned that the Army had directed the gunman's commanders that he should not have a weapon, handle ammunition, and not participate in live fire activity, another sign that people knew how dangerous he was. CBS's Jeff Begay's reports on whether law enforcement could have done more to prevent the killing of 18 people. Tonight, the U.S. Army confirmed to CBS News that several months after Robert Card made threats and acted erratically in July, a health and welfare check request was initiated. According to the Associated Press, the Sagatahawk County Sheriff says after the Army Reserve contacted his office, he sent a deputy to Card's home for a welfare check, but he wasn't there. The sheriff's office initiated a statewide alert warning Maine law enforcement about Card in September. Maine's governor, Janet Mills, deflected questions about whether signs were missed. The Maine State Police is undergoing a thorough investigation of every aspect of the case. Facts are important. 
The FBI says it did not receive any tips or information about Card from the military or main law enforcement. Chris Wecker is a former deputy director of the FBI. It looks to me like the bigger failure was on the part of the Army. I think the Sheriff's Department should have done a more proactive welfare check. Yeah, an active shooter. We have multiple injuries. On Wednesday night, the gunman targeted this bar and grill and bowling alley. Ten-year-old Tony Aslin was inside at the time. I um, saw someone get shot on the third shot. Tony's grandfather rushed to the bowling alley to reunite with his family. He waited anxiously for any signs of hope. I heard four of the most beautiful words in the world. I'll never forget. What did you say to your grandpa? I'm not dead, Pepe. Tony's mother is concerned about the impact witnessing what happened at your last Wednesday night is going to have on her 10-year-old daughter. Nora, a gun shop owner in this area, says that Card tried to purchase a silencer for one of his guns. Ultimately, he was found with numerous firearms in his possession. Just chilling. Jeff Begays, thank you. General Motors reached a tentative agreement and contract agreement with the United Auto Workers Union today, finally ending the six-week strike. The union made similar deals with Ford and Jeep maker Stellantis. The contract, which includes a 25 percent pay raise over more than four and a half years, still has to be ratified by union members. It will be weeks before the factories are fully running again. Turning now to the shocking and tragic death of actor Matthew Perry. Toxicology results are still pending for the friend star who died over the weekend at the age of 54. Tonight, we're hearing for this first time from his fellow actors in the hit sitcom. In a joint statement to People magazine, they said, we were more than just castmates. We are a family. We're going to take a moment to grieve and process this unfathomable loss. Here's Entertainment Tonight co-host Kevin Frazier. All right, somebody kiss me. You could say Matthew Perry became friends with millions of TV viewers as the quick-witted, often sarcastic Chandler Bing. I got her machine. Her answer machine? No. Interestingly enough, her leaf blower picked up. (laughs) And tonight, remembrances continue to pour in for the friend they've lost, including in front of the fictional New York apartment where his character lived. The 54-year-old Perry was found unresponsive in a hot tub at his Pacific Palisades home late Saturday afternoon. Investigators reportedly found no signs of foul play or illegal drugs in the home. Just a week ago, Perry posted an image of himself in his hot tub on Instagram. I'm not going to be embarrassed anymore. Friends premiered in 1994 and featured Perry for all 10 seasons, earning him one of several Emmy nominations. I can't do it, Toby. I'm sorry. That praise includes his turn to drama as a Republican lawyer in the West Wing. Perry's decade-long struggle with drugs and alcohol were revealed in his memoir last year. I want to drink all the time because it's the only time I feel good and normal. Uh, But then it turns on you, the drink turns on you and says, well, now I'm going to kill you. In the book, Perry described how he attended 6,000 AA meetings and had been in rehab 15 times. He claimed he spent around $9 million just to get sober. If somebody comes up to me and says, I can't stop drinking, can you help me? I can say yes and follow up and do it. And when I die, 
I don't want friends to be the first thing that's mentioned. I want that to be the first thing that's mentioned. And I'm going to live the rest of my life proving that. And Perry was working on expanding his foundation's efforts to help as many as possible that were struggling with addiction. He was also working on his own well-being. Friends tell us he was playing pickleball twice a day. Officials say it could take weeks to determine what caused his death. Nora? Kevin Frazier, thank you very much. Out of the weather, Halloween deep freeze. The frigid forecast is next. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. A major cold snap is set to grip much of the central U.S. with 90 million Americans under freeze or frost alerts over the next two nights. That's right, including Halloween. Freeze warnings are posted in more than a dozen states from parts of California, Arizona and New Mexico all the way to the northeast, making it a chilly day for trick-or-treaters. By Wednesday, we could see dozens of record lows. A new warning tonight about some over-the-counter eye drops. What you need to know next. Tonight, an important consumer alert about widely used eye drops. The FDA is warning people to stop using more than two dozen over-the-counter eye drop products because of a potential risk of eye infection that could lead to blindness. Federal health officials say CVS, Rite Aid, and Target are removing their products. For more information on the warning and products, go to cbsnews.com. Trick-or-treat comes early for the newborns in this NICU. That's next. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of Evening News, and you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com.
Finally tonight, we leave you with some of the sweetest treats. Newborns at the Cedars-Sinai NICU continue the annual tradition of dressing up to celebrate the holiday. Volunteers have been making the outfits for more than 25 years to help the babies and their parents get into the Halloween spirit. This year's costumes were inspired by children's books and included a cat, sunflower, pumpkin, bat, and more. <laughs> That's cute. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. We'll leave you tonight with this video of President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden handing out candy to local public school students and military-connected children at the White House for Halloween. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.